Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Another edition of the Core 4 Podcast. The Core 4 is a podcast under SB Nation's Grizzly Bear Blues Podcast Network, along with GBB Live and the 3 and D Podcast. You can find those on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to your podcast. Grizzly Bear Blues is a blog under SB Nation. You can find it on the web at grizzlybearblues.com or on Twitter at SBN Grizzlies. I'm your host, Parker Fleming, and with me is none other than Connor Dunning, the producer of the Giannato and Jeffrey show on 92.9 every day from 2 to 4. Connor, what's up? What's up, sir? Happy to be back. Yeah, you had a, you had a fun day today. I had Tell a really it. fun day. I was able to, So today I was able to uh, kind of co-host Gary Parrish's show. Shout out to him for actually trusting me to do that, and shout out to Bennett and Brad for giving me the opportunity. It was a lot of fun. Got to talk with Eric for the first time on air in about a year, which is that was, a, that was a lot of fun talking to Eric again about the Grizzlies. Uh, go check out the podcast. It's a good show, man. We covered a whole bunch. We covered a lot. We kind of broke down the schedule coming up for not only the Grizzlies, but for essentially the four teams chasing them. We kind of went through the next week and what we think each team's going to do and what's going to look like next week for the Grizzlies. Absolutely. And you mind telling people where they can find that if they happen to miss the show? Yeah, yeah. So you can find our podcast on all the Apple Podcasts. Wherever you can find podcasts is where it is. Just search for uh, The Gary Payer Show. Also check out Giannato and Jeffrey as well, of course, and listen every day from 2 to 4 CT because that is my main show. Um, and then it'll be on our website, 929ESPN.com. And while you're at it, sign up for that bracket bracket challenge too. I worked really hard on that, so you know, give it a click. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we'll be sure to do that. And so – Connor, this morning while you're trying to get through the, I don't, I don't know, like there's the Sunday scaries, but I don't know what like that the Monday morning, I don't depression, depress, yeah, I don't, I wanted to go with the alliteration, but yeah, couldn't come up with one. Um, to power through it, we were just rattling off a bunch of stats about our bright future and bright present Memphis Grizzlies, and particularly two awesome revelations this year and Josh Jackson and DeAnthony Melton. And so in case anyone's lived under a rock and you didn't know how they got here, uh, King Kleiman King. acquired Josh Jackson and DeAnthony Melton 
in a trade this summer for Javon Carter and Kyle Korver. And in that trade, they also got two second round picks, one that is unprotected for this year, but should be around like the low 40s to mid 40s, which is it's pretty good. And then a protected 2021 second round pick as well. And the Suns did that to clear salary cap to bring in uh, Ricky Rubio, uh, Kelly Oubre. And to send off <laughs> TJ Warren. And to send off TJ Warren, yeah. And James Jones, you beautiful creature. And even worse, to have a worse team than the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, good for them. Yeah. yeah I'm so. gonna I will kiss James Jones when I see, if I ever see him in person, he's getting a kiss from me. Yeah? Yeah. I mean he gave me my grown son to Anthony Melton. Yeah. And so the big breakdown here was just really to Anthony Melton and Josh Jackson are awesome. Yeah, I mean that's as pretty much put, yes. And I guess the larger point of this is that not only is DeAnthony Melton and Josh Jackson awesome, the Grizzlies bench is just straight up elite. And yeah, John Morant is a huge reason that the Grizzlies are, are overachieving and succeeding. He deserves all the credit in the world. So does Taylor Jenkins. So does Kleiman in the front office. But oddly enough, I feel like the bench hasn't gotten the love it truly deserves. I feel like recently, you know, with Tyus Jones really picking it up, it's starting to kind of get starting to kind of get that love, but let, let me hit you with some numbers. Since December 9th, which is kind of the the point of return for John Rant and the insertion of DeAnthony Melton into the rotation, the Grizzlies bench is top four in the NBA in scoring. They are number one in steals. They are number one in assists. They are third in plus minus with plus 87, and they are number one in field goal field goal percentage. And a lot of those number one stats have a pretty big big gap in them. 177 steals to second place is 158, which is the Wizards. 511 assists to second place is 457. So not only is the defense able, or the I'm sorry, the bench able to go in and weather the storm for any run that the other team may be going on, but they are also capable of building leads. And that I think is why the Grizzlies have been so effective with their bench unit going into this season. And a huge part of that is the Anthony Melton and of course Josh Jackson as of late. It's the two, the way that both of them play are very similar. They do very similar things. Of course, Anthony Melton goes into that glue guy role. But Josh Jackson, his defensive, I guess, intensity has really, really picked up recently. And you would have to think that the Tony Allen connection has something to do with that, right? Yeah. I mean, when you have somebody who, I mean, let's be real. Tony Allen's the best perimeter defender at the 2010s, right? Definitely. Yeah, he's got to be. I think he has to be. Yeah, I mean, as far as pure defensive stopper. When Kobe crowned you as the hardest defensive job he's ever had, that wins. That, that we, we need nothing more. Kobe Bryant's word is final on that. Exactly. Yes. So, um, but looking at the plus minus, I guess, for the Memphis Grizzlies, of course, it, it, this one's a little weird because John Concher is technically number one with plus 14.4, but he hasn't played enough minutes. He's only played 107 minutes. But the next two... DeAnthony Melton plus 11.4 and Josh Jackson plus 7.7. Both of them are making a massive impact off the bench with not as many minutes. Yes, and for those that aren't statistical nerds like Connor and I, we're basically saying that the Grizzlies are that much better with them on the court than off the court. Correct. And it's honestly a huge revelation because for one, DeAnthony Melton is a second-year player, a second-year second round pick actually and he just came from you know the horrible no good very bad phoenix suns and so seeing him actually make a positive impact towards winning obviously the suns got to be kicking themselves for that because they they need winning right 
And then Josh Jackson has kind of just been labeled as his bust and a guy that cannot impact any facet of basketball, according to analytic Twitter. Actually, I was pulling up these stats beforehand, and Josh Jackson, his on-off dif- differential, his rookie year was negative 8.6 and then negative 1.2 last year. And this year, like you said, he's a plus 7.7. So we got to give credit to Jenkins' system, but we also got to give credit Absolutely. to these guys buying into these roles. Right. Well, and, and all of this kind of has an asterisk next to it, which is – in Phoenix, Josh Jackson, there, there was basically no path to him being what he is now in Memphis, in Phoenix. It was, we've seen this trend recently in the NBA where these young lottery picks are coming in, and these guys are really young. They're like 19, 20. I mean, we, our two best players on the Grizzlies right now can't even drink. Like, that's how young that we're talking with some of these guys. And they give up on him so early because there's all this pressure on him. They make a mistake here or there. And let's be honest, Josh Jackson made some mistakes that he should have been punished for. The, the kid thing, we don't really want to get into that, but you have to give him all the credit in the world. He came to Memphis. He was told by King Kleiman in that front office, hey, you're going to go down to South Haven for a couple months, and you're going to work your tail off to get back to the NBA. And all the credit to Josh Jackson, he did it. And he got back, and he improved himself not only with his play, but his mental health as well. It seems like he's locked in in a way that we haven't really seen in the past. Uh, I was able to talk to Eric today a little bit about him. And apparently what the Grizzlies have been so impressed with that I guess fans and and even us can't really figure out is that he's been in the – he's film. He loves – film he watches film he breaks it down and again that has to be that tony allen getting in his ear because we know that tony's big thing was all tape he used to talk about how he would have the tape of the last game as soon as it was done playing because he wanted to start studying his defensive assignments and getting that mindset into josh jackson with the talent that he has i mean i don't know he'll probably never be the superstar that some people thought that he could be but he can be a great role player for an nba team right and I'm, I think it's honestly one of these things where so many players they get this type of recognition, but he may not be that superstar, but he can be a guy that appears on a few all-defensive teams down the road. And one thing I've been really impressed with is, for one, you mentioned his defensive intensity. It's also translation, translating into nice defensive versatility as well. He's making a lot of good reads on switches. He's making a lot of good reads in the passing lanes. He's just making life miserable for players that are trying to play off the ball. And he's he's been helpful on the wing too because we've we talked in the past about how Dylan Brooks has basically had to take the assignment of the wing of the best wing players and having Josh Jackson with the link that he has being able to help out on the wing, it's not only going to help Dylan Brooks defensively, but it's going to it's going to save his en- energy for the offensive end as well. That's where he needs it. Yeah, and that's where he needs it. Yeah. Yeah, and also another thing I've been really impressed with and everybody's kind of like why he's been labeled a bad basketball player is his offensive play. And I did some a little bit of stat diving before the show started, and he's almost doubled his volume from three, as in like how many of his three his shot attempts are threes as opposed to twos. And so he's taken a career high 4.1 threes per game. And granted, 17 games, it's not much, but it's still hovering around that 50%, whereas he was in the mid to low 20s over in Phoenix. 
So he's just taking better shots overall, and I think it's just opening up the rest of his game. It's Exactly, and it's because I think he's in a role where the attention is not 100% on him, and he doesn't have to be the primary playmaker. So he is now able to react. He is able, he is able to react to the plays and play within the game, and he is not the one having to create things for an offense. When he was in Phoenix, it was basically they would throw him the ball on the wing. He had Devin Booker, but it would be like, hey, figure something out. He's, what, what, is he, what is he supposed to do? Like what is he supposed to do? But when you put him in a system where he can play his role, play his game, and excel the way he wants to, that's what we're seeing. I mean, just it, just go find any stat from his time in Phoenix to now. I mean, you can look at his win shares. His win shares are up. His PER is up. His efficient field goal percentage is up. His three-point shooting is up. His field goal percentage is up. Assists, rebounds, po- like all of it hey. is up. His VORP is up. His VORP is up, baby. His VORP. Like it's super NBA nerd stuff. It's just... And again, all of the credit in the world to the Memphis Grizzlies for starting to build this culture. They had an idea going into the season for what they wanted to do. They wanted to get a lot of like-minded young guys in here to start building something special. And yeah, Josh Jackson, who knows? He may or may not be a part of it moving down the road. We'll get to that kind of later in the podcast, but it'd be great if he can. But if he wasn't, hey man, thanks for helping us build something. And let's be honest. The Grizzlies taking a chance on DeAnthony Melton and Josh Jackson at the beginning of the season may may very well be the reasons they make, they make it to the playoffs because his play when Jaron Jackson Jr. went down and Brandon Clark has been, I mean, this is going to be hyperbolic to say, but it's been phenomenal. It, is, it has truly been phenomenal. It's, it's everything that the Grizzlies needed. He filled the gaps perfectly where they needed it. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. And when you really break it down in the grand scheme of things, you know, like it may, for some people, it may sound a little hyperbolic to say, Anthony Melton and Josh Jackson are the reason why the Grizzlies may be in the playoff race. Of course, it's John. Yeah, but yeah, like, but, but the without them, this is not possible. One thing I did notice, and I think this kind of played a role into Tyus Jones' breakout shooting, and then also the stellar bench play, is with DeAnthony Melton. You're adding a guy that is labeled as like a defensive stopper, but he's also a good secondary playmaker. I think last time I checked, he's averaging around like two and a half, three assists a game. So you're giving guys like Tyus Jones and Kyle Anderson, the ability to not have to shoulder so much defensive or playmaking responsibilities where they can also find their rhythm from the field as well. So you're removing somebody like Marco Guterich, who if he wasn't shooting threes, he wasn't really much of a factor and replacing him with somebody that impacts the game in multiple facets. It's really going to enhance your system a little bit. And like you said, when Jaron Jackson Jr. and Brandon Clark went down, that kind of opened up minute. That opened up opportunity for Anderson and Melton to enter the starting lineup. And without Josh Jackson's play, I mean, again, you're relying on someone like Guterich or Yuta Watanabe, who he might be nice in South Haven, but you haven't seen much of improvement from year one to year two with as being the Grizzlies two-way player. So guys like Josh Jackson and even John Conchar. Yes. Shout out Brandon Abraham um, on that one, Mr. Hustle. But their play and their just ability to step up when needed yeah. and to fit into any role possible, like you said, it's why the through guys, why the Grizzlies are where they are right now. And really, a lot of credit needs to go to Coach Taylor Jenkins. Yeah, Jenkins, I mean, we said it we've said it a couple times, I think, throughout the podcast that I've been on, but he he should he deserves to be in at least the discussion for Coach of the Year. He's not gonna win it, but he, he should get some votes. And if the Grizzlies make it to the playoffs, there's a real argument there. You can make a, a legitimate argument. But to go back to kind of the rotation since the injuries have happened, 
what essentially happened, it seemed like, is that Melton kind of slid into the starting role. And then Jackson kind of became DeAnthony Melton for the bench. You know what I mean? Like, he was making things happen, making plays defensively. He was just always making things happen. He has a nose for the ball. That's one thing. DeAnthony Melton and Josh Jackson have a nose for the ball. If you look up, they're always there. Same thing with John Concher. And I think that's why it was successful. There's tape of Jenkins watching Concher play basketball, and he's just like, he's just always next to the ball. And that's what it is like with all these guys. And and to further go along with DeAnthony Melton's impact and how much of a factor he actually has been on this team, if you go and you look at basically the lineups, you can go look at the lineups and the production for every single lineup. Basically, if Melton is on the floor, the Memphis Grizzlies are better. Their offensive rating goes up 5.5 points with DeAnthony Melton on the floor. Of their top five four-man lineups, like basically the combination of four different players, D'Anthony Melton is on every single one of them. Top five five-man lineups, D'Anthony Melton is on every single one of them. He is crucial to the success because he allows guys like Tyus Jones and John Morant to be off ball, like you said. It allows John to cut to the basket, and it allows Tyus to get some open threes. And we've seen Tyus's three-point shooting recently has been really good. Also, one thing about D'Anthony Melton, his three-point shooting is becoming better it, it, it's improving if he can become that spot up shooter at that two guard position and truly become a two-way player oh boy it's gonna be great uh, i mean we wrote about this a few months ago yes we did it's almost incomparable to what d'anthony mountain could be granted it's not we're not saying like oh my god he's gonna be some superstar no or he's not we're not saying he's gonna be he'll never, he'll never be an all-star he'll never sniff it but he can be an elite role player Absolutely. Yeah. And you know how I am about elite role players. Mm-hmm. I wrote about one in the six-part series. Yes, you did. So He's yeah. one of our islands. He is one of our islands. And one thing I do like, you know, like with D'Anthony Melton, you know, he's getting the playoff ball, allowing John Tynes to do their things. I think just the fact that Jenkins has these multiple playmakers on the court at all times, it opens up the games for them as well. Because like you said, Melton's three-point shooting's gotten better. And it's getting better because he's playing off playmakers and he's not having to create his own shot off the dribble or anything. He can go like relocate to his spot to where right. once John Moran or once Kyle Anderson or once Tyus Jones, they made that drive and kick, Melton's in the right spot and he has time to set up for an open three. And I think we're seeing the same thing with Josh Jackson. Not particularly necessarily just from downtown, but also too whether it's leaking out in transition for fast breaks or making the right cuts. I mean, basically at all times, the Grizzlies have a good playmaker at almost every position. Jonas Valanciunas is one of the most underrated passing big men, in my opinion. Dude, Jonas. I, I, honestly, dude, I want to give you go, three minutes on Jonas. Go. Three minutes? Just go. I don't, I don't know if I need uh, – let me just say um, I told you also. Um, I've – been on Jonas. I've been the president of the JV Hive Memphis chapter. The Toronto fan. I'm not going to take that from y'all. I'll be the Memphis chapter president for the JV Hive. He's just a, a very impactful player. And everybody, you know, this summer was like, oh, like that was just a small sample size. Look who he was playing with. He's not going to be able to do that con- consistently. I'd rather pay Dwayne Dedman. I'd rather have Clint Capella. No, Jonas Valanciunas is a bonafide bucket, a bonafide bruiser, and a bonafide stud. Uh, just the, honestly, the complete opposite of Stephen A. Smith's reign on Kwame Brown. His ability to basically... <laughs> I want a callback! <laughs> that was a callback, I know. A lot of stuff in this in this brain right here. But anyways, like Jonas Valanciunas, he makes life easier on the boards for 
you know, not just Jaron Jackson Jr., but Kyle Anderson, who also plays minutes at the four. Dylan Brooks, who is, you know, he's one of the most, more physical players on this team. Right. But you're letting him expend that on the offensive end, creating buckets. And he's also, you know, if players guard him or not going to guard him from three, he'll shoot it and he can punish a guy, but he's not also going to force it. He's respectable. He's respectable. That's, right. that's And that's what player. you need to be. But people told me he could not be a 15 and 10 guy, and he's averaging 14.7 points and 11.1 rebounds. Oh, yeah, and he's also averaging a little over a block a game. He's averaging two assists a game. He's more than just, you know, like this little Enos Cantor, Greg Monroe guy. He is a multi-dimensional basketball player who can thrive even in a pace and space system. And now, Connor, I'll give the floor back to you. He, he's a legitimate center, and the things that he's been able to do and staying consistent for this team has been massive. Having that consistent veteran presence in the locker room for these young guys, especially when the ship got a little rocky there during that five-game stretch, having him, and not only having him, but being basically being like, I'm going to take over these games and help us win these games is huge. That's huge for the confidence oh, of the yeah. team. Um, but back to DeAnthony Melton, while you were doing your beautiful rant on Jonas Valanciunas, let me hit you with some more numbers. This podcast is a little nerdy, but, you know, it happens sometimes. Past 10 games, DeAnthony Melton is shooting 42% from three on three attempts per game. 44% on catch-and-shoot threes. Wow. Y'all, come on. Wow. Like, that is – that's encouraging right there, man. That, that That's very encouraging right there. And, yeah, it's not a huge sample size, but that's kind of a sample size for the games where the injuries have happened. So, basically, when they needed him to step up the most and start hitting some shots, he did it. Yeah, and, and also, that's kind of been the story for every single player this year. Every single game, it seems like a new Grizzly is winning them a game. And that's why looking at this playoff race going down the stretch, I look at the Grizzlies roster, I look at the Pelicans roster, I look at the Blazers, I look at the Kings. I trust the Grizzlies from top to bottom more than I trust any of the other teams. I agree, yeah. I mean, you can make the argument for New Orleans. But it's like they're four, their first four, like four guys. And then after that, it's like, is Melly going to have a good game? You know is, what I mean? Is, is Favors going to have a good game? Yeah. Is is Jackson Frank, is it Frank Jackson Frank's name? What's that's his name? The, that's the guy on The Athletic. Yeah. What, Frank Jackson? Did I flip it? Fra- well, Frank, Frank Jackson. Jackson. That's Frank what I'm Jackson, thinking of. And then there's a yeah. Jackson Hayes. Yeah, yeah. It's like, Josh Hart. They have a lot of question marks there. Josh Hart's becoming kind of their glue guy as well. But it's just looking at the Grizzlies, every single time someone goes in, I've said it before. I, said, I think I said it when I was on with Joe. I don't have to go, ugh, that guy's in. You know what I mean? And I think that's such a luxury to have where you, you don't have to worry about a player being in because you, re- you know this bench unit, as we talked about, they they can they can take the reins perfectly fine. Hold on, let me uh, quote Joe here. You're telling me it's not someone whose last name starts with M and last name ends with Arco Goodrich. You mean the dude that was bombing threes the other night against the Hawks? I'm just Go, kidding. Bro. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, I'm exactly. kidding. Hey, no, it still no. counts. No, no love, but it's it's he's, it's uh, to answer that question and the same thing I said to Joe. Guys that are going to be playing in big time minutes, like down the stretch. Every single player that goes into the game, I trust every single one of them with the ball in their hands. Them taking a shot, I feel comfortable with it. I'm, there's there's very few guys. I mean, sometimes when Kyle Anderson takes a three, it's like, no, 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 no. But, like, even then, it's like, ah, it could go in. Like, it's like, it's not that bad. For me, it's just like, hey, you're open, you're shooting it. Yeah, that's, that's and that's what that's I love. Amazing. They're taking, they take open shots. Because what has been our biggest gripe about the Grizzlies the past few seasons?
seasons, they're not taking open shots, right? Well, they're not taking threes. They're not taking threes, and they're not taking shots that are open. And we're getting it this season. And look, look what we're seeing. It's it has been honestly, man. It's it's been a dream season for the Grizzlies. It's been a dream season. And so, Connor, I kind of want to lasso you in back here okay, to close sorry. the show with this discussion of. You know, we're talking about how awesome Melton and Josh Jackson yeah. are. Yeah. And people are like, oh my God, can we keep them for next season? So, like, what do you think? So, it's kind of like a Sophie's Choice in a way. You have these two guys. Both have been very productive for your team. Both could be a part of the future. Now... There are a few different scenarios that I'm going to let you break down because you're, you're much better than I am with the contract stuff. I'm going to let you break those down on how you could keep them. Here's, here's what I'll say. If you had to choose between the two, which I'm afraid they may have to do, I think you have to take Melton because I think he'll, be, I think he'll probably be cheaper. And I think that he just does more on the court. We've seen that his, his combination with too many guys is too important to the success of this team. Josh Jackson has been great for 17 games but i'm going to reward the guy that has been doing this production all season for us i mean we've talked about it the trio of tyus jones brandon clark and d'anthony melton is damn near devastating every time they go in they have a plus 20 on the season and i don't want to break that pairing up i just don't i would like to go into next season and that possibly be your bench unit and i think that that would be a strong bench unit to go into next season because again you can trust them and you would know straight up i can at least go eight or nine guys deep. That is super important for a team in building a culture. I want to lock up Melton. If I had to pick between the two, I'm taking Melton. However, I wish all the best to Josh Jackson. And there are ways that we can keep him. If we can keep him, I would absolutely want to keep him. Boom. This is where I jump in. Yes. And give the whole... Pass the baton to you, sir. Money nerds. Yes. Stuff. All right. So anyways, I think this whole of like, you know, can the Grizzlies afford both Melton and Josh Jackson? I think they can because I think the money is going to be pretty dry. It reminds me a lot of the 2017 summer where there's just, you know, that summer 2016 just kind of bloated everyone's salary caps a little bit. That's because, you know, they projected the salary cap to go up, but then the Warriors happened and they produced a five-game final series. Five or four? No, it's five because, yeah, it was a 4-1 series. Anyways, not enough revenue came in because both the Warriors and the Cavs were obliterating people. Not enough playoff revenue. You you get the gist of it. And so there just wasn't enough money for a lot of these guys to go around. I mean, reminder, it took almost about a week leading up to media day until Jamichael Green got signed. And that entire season, he was hearing, right. oh, man, you're going to get paid. You're going to get paid. Dude, his agent messed up. <laughs> and he, got, he, got two, he got two years, $17 million. Yeah, it was fine. And to be honest. And it like, worked out for him. He's in L.A. Yeah. And to be honest, like – Michael Green kind of fit more of like that mold that most teams are looking for. You know, that guy that can play small ball five. He can space the floor. He can guard positions three through five. He can switch in the pick and roll. He's not going to demand the ball a lot. He's going to rebound. He's he's a luxury in today's NBA in a sense, at least for a team's bench. Not to say that Melvin and Josh Jackson aren't because they definitely are. I want to just read off this little excerpt that the Athletics' Omari Sankofa wrote. Yeah, go go subscribe to The Athletic. It's pretty dope. Um, and his recent mailbag, they were at, he was asked about financially keeping both of them. And he said uh, they are and they should be able to do so without going into the luxury tax. The Grizzlies will have approximately $112 million in salary on the books. They can use their mid-level exception to bring back Josh Jackson. 
D'Anthony Melton is a restricted free agent, meaning Memphis can match any offer and go mm-hmm. into the tax to do so if it so if it wishes. But with ample tax room, it doesn't seem likely that Memphis will have to do so unless Melton receives an exuberant offer. Like I mentioned in the Jamichael Green spiel. Right. I don't think he will. I believe Melton will be back next season. So, in essence, I do think they'll be back, and I don't think this is the one offseason where I'm like, okay, I don't see half the roster back. I can I think the only guy where I like put a question mark by it's like Guterich, um, Josh Jackson, Tolliver, technically. Tolliver, technically. And then th- those are really it. And then wild cards are like Gorgie Dang and Kyle Anderson. So, yeah, I, I guess they should keep both. The, the big fear for me is because I absolutely agree. If it breaks down that way that, that he was saying, yeah, it'd work out great. My fear is that someone's going to throw a bunch of money at Josh. And if someone does, I mean, you have Mel- you can get Melton. Right. And also it opens up a roster spot where you can bring up John Conchar. And then I don't know – I don't really see Yuta Wananame's agent agreeing to a third two-way. So yeah. That, you have two two-way player spots open to where you could use that. And I've heard rumblings that the Grizzlies may end up converting John T. Porter's contract to a two-way next year. Oh, that'd be smart. That'd be – I I'd heard I th- thought I saw something on Twitter about it. I don't want to be you know like that's a Mr. Hustle question. Yeah, I'll ask Mr. Hustle. Um, but yeah, I I just think the Grizzlies should be able to. But then again, I don't know who's going to throw money at Josh Jackson when he's he, at the grand scheme of things, he's not even going to play half the season. And there are question marks that most teams don't know that are answered regarding his off court stuff and whether this half season production is real or not. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. It's it's the teams like the Knicks that are out there that you have to worry about. Uh, it's the ones that are they just they're gonna throw S at the wall and hope it sticks. That those are the guys I'm worried about. If they can get both of these guys back and help them continue to be a part of this culture that they are starting to build and this young core that they're starting to build, oh man, watch out NBA. If if you get if you get this team with like seven or eight young guys locked up that really love each other and love playing together and have a great culture for the next, what, four or five years? Might have a parade down Beale Street here pretty soon. Pretty soon. There's a lot of other moving parts to that. That's for a whole different yeah. show. But yeah. King climbing, baby. This whole podcast is basically just us being like King climbing. <laughs> yeah. Hey, exactly. So, uh, Connor, we're about out of time here but do you have anything else to wrap up the show with man i don't have anything except like just continue supporting this team it's uh i will say i was proud of grizzlies fans when things was kind of hitting the fan yeah we had some people start jumping ship and panicking but i felt like there was that one night it may have been against the clippers where i felt like most of grizzlies twitter was like no we're done with this and we all kind of like linked up and we're like stop the madness they're gonna be fine. They lost to three of the best teams in the NBA. Okay, okay, you gotta Let's stop chill. I'm, I'm worried about your beer right now. You gotta stop. <laughs> I am spatially aware of where that is at all times. Don't worry about that. Okay, That's okay. the safest thing in this apartment <laughs> at the moment. True. So, uh, but no, man. It's just keep supporting this team, and it's gonna get rocky coming up. Keep the faith. Just keep the faith. Yeah, keep the faith. Um, yeah, Jaron Jackson Jr. and Justice Winslow are gonna be back soon. So yes, something Woo. to be excited about. Big time, man. Reinforcements are coming. I guess the only other thing I got is to follow me on Twitter at cdunning929. Listen to Giannato and Jeffrey every day, 2 to 4. That's about it, man. Mm-hmm. Y'all can follow me on Twitter at Paca underscore Flocka. Follow the podcast on Twitter at the Core 4 Podcast with the number 4, not the word 4. 
Follow Grizzly Bear Blues on Twitter at SB and Grizzlies. Read all the fantastic work that our staff puts in. And make sure you're like, subscribe, download, whatever on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to your podcasts to listen to all the latest episodes for the Core 4 Podcast, GBB Live, and the 3D Podcast. And with that, that's all. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, Just go to cars.com. It's magical.